You're listening to The Thrive Podcast with your host, Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. Listen in as Kathleen shares all the things about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. She'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to help grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Friends, we're gathered around our virtual classroom. I had this vision, this idea, very much based on my doing my master's life, previous life of me, where I am at the front of the lecture room and you all are sitting in the chairs in a big lecture hall. However, we are all just computer monitors because we're all just here virtually connecting with one another. It's probably the reality of the situation, but then uh, you get into the details and you wonder like who put the monitors in that room? How does this whole thing get coordinated? And why is Kathleen's brain so weird? But here we are gathered together collectively, virtually around the world to think about how much and why we think about the competition. So I want to spend this week's podcast episode going deep and diving into all things competition and to really start to understand the good and the bad, dissect and appreciate the intention about why you might be obsessing over your competition, how you can become aware of what you're doing in terms of your business and the decisions you're making in reaction to what your competition is doing and just really start to raise your awareness and give you some ideas about how to evaluate your own personal relationship with your competition. And the place I wanted to start, because this is always really, really, really helpful, is to actually define what competition is. And for those of you who are curious, it is a noun, and it is the activity or condition of striving to gain or win something by defeating or establishing superiority over others. So I think as business owners, we probably categorize our competition into two or three different buckets, right? There's the competition that you worry about, And then the competition that you don't worry about the competition whose businesses provide you with a little bit of entertainment and the competition whose businesses provide you with a little bit of, Hmm, this is going to keep me on my toes because clearly the people who run this business know what they're doing. And I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent because I want to share with you right now, if you have been a longtime listener of this podcast, you will know that I firmly believe that we happen to operate in what is the most competitive footprint on the planet, at least in Western society, when it comes to being a floral designer, which is super, because if we have managed to build a successful business in such a competitive footprint in such a small town, then I have so much faith that what I can teach you is going to work for your area. Now, Here's something that's going to blow your mind. At least it blew my mind. There are now seven, count them, seven, like seven physical retail flower shops in our little geographical footprint. So for those of you who like statistics, I live in a town that has a population of 7,000 people the greater like footprint, county, you know, municipal area is technically around 45,000 people, right? So when we owned the retail flower business, our delivery footprint was approximately an hour and a half north-south, an hour and a half east-west. We traveled a lot of miles or kilometers in our delivery van. It's a big footprint. These 45,000 people are very well spread out. You can get from A to B fairly efficiently, but the number of kilometers that you're driving is long. 
but seven physical retail shops just seems dumb. Now, I can guarantee you, and I am happy to wager a lot of money, that the people who run the newest shops don't listen to this podcast, which is really unfortunate because I think they could benefit from it and realize that you don't need to have a physical retail shop to run a hugely profitable flower business. But hey, they need to wait and discover that podcast before they learn that lesson, which is fine. They get to do what they want to do in their business. And I will tell you right now, half <laughs> half of the business owners who run flower businesses, physical retail shops here in the Southern Highlands provide great entertainment for me. The other half, I give full credit and say, crap, all of these amazing women know exactly what they're doing. Good for them for just going for it. Amazing, right? It's so good to understand why you are paying attention to your competition. If you're paying attention to your competition out of fear and uncertainty, I will tell you it is not going to be helpful. If you're paying attention to your competition out of curiosity and going, I wonder if I could understand what their next move is going to be. That is going to be so helpful for you in the long-term planning of your business. But I want to give you a little bit of wisdom early on in this particular episode. Competition is a good thing. Competition can work in your favor and there is always going to be competition. There has been floral designers on this planet since the times of the Egyptians. So do not think that this industry is new. This industry is very well established. It takes a very clear understanding and a very simple strategy to build a hugely successful floral design business. And I personally believe that there is always room for improvement. Our business was so successful because we innovated in ways that were relevant to our customers. But all of those backyard Bettys that you see who are posting willy-nilly on Instagram and assuming that they're just going to have customers flocking to them, I also put these people in the category, right? These people who decide that they're going to go all in to build and create a physical brick and mortar store. Don't think about their website and don't think about Instagram. I wish you all the best, but I can tell you fairly certainly how that story is going to end. (laughs) I probably shouldn't laugh, but they provide amazing case studies for what not to do with your business. Because you know, and I know, you do not need a physical retail space. You do not need a store or a shop front to run a hugely successful floral design business. If you want to have a shop front, if you want to have a space to host workshops, if you want to have a customer facing studio, you get to decide that that's in alignment with your business. But... Do not assume that having a physical retail space is where you need to start because no longer, right? And particularly in and amongst the world of COVID-19, customer behavior is changing. Less and less customers are going to be coming into a physical retail space. So you need to meet your customers where they're at. Hot tip, your customers are hanging out online. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that good news? Doesn't that make your life easier? But I am totally sidetracked because I simply wanted to tell you, A, competition is a good thing. B, there's always going to be competition. C, it's really important for you to understand why and how you are observing your competition. I truly believe that competition is a good thing because it gives your customers choice. And when you, as the business owner and the CEO of your business, decide to show up and be the best and the best at what you do, the best at customer service, the best products, the best at meeting your customers where they're at, your competition provides an amazing point of reference so that you look like you are truly the best of the best of the best. 
having some sort of competition, some sort of alternative for your customers to be able to shop around can make you look like an even better business because your customers are going to comparison shop always. Responsible adults know that this is what they can do. Sometimes they're going to do it comparing websites. Sometimes they're going to do it comparing Instagram feeds. Sometimes they're going to do it comparing conversations that they have with you on the phone. Sometimes they're going to comparison shop purely by walking by a shop front or by just going in and browsing around and seeing what kind of experience they have. But your customers are always going to comparison shop. We are curious human beings who are looking for the best solution to our problem. Part of that process is comparison shopping. So I firmly believe one of the reasons our business was so successful is because there is competition. We knew and we were so tuned in to what is incredibly important to our customers. And we knew at the end of the day, phenomenal customer service was going to win the game. Always. We committed and we trained our staff to know phenomenal customer service above all else. And what's amazing is when you have other floral designers who don't appreciate and don't understand how important customer service is and your customers go and shop there and then they walk into your shop in tears because of how they were just treated in the last shop. Fucking amazing. It's like a match made in heaven. So if you're wondering if competition is a good thing, I want to open your eyes and I want to answer your question to say yes. But I also want you to know that what competition does for you as a business owner is that it's going to keep you on your toes. And the competition you want to stay aware of are the competition who you feel are creating smart and relevant solutions for their customers. Every successful business knows that their business is in business to solve a problem for their customer. Your business is not in business because you simply like flowers. Your business is not in business because you think flowers are pretty. You thinking flowers are pretty is going to be a very core motivation for you as a designer. But your business is in business because you're here to solve a problem for your customer. That's it. And when it comes to solving problems for our customer, the simplest and most straightforward way to do that is with phenomenal customer service. So if you know that you have competition in your footprint, if you have designers and business owners who you keep a little bit of a side eye glance on and you say, mm, I'm curious to know what she's up to. I'm curious to know what they're up to. Ooh, I'm curious to know what they're offering next. How are they responding to what's happening in response to COVID-19? How are they evolving their business? What are they up to? And you're looking for them for inspiration. They are pivoting their business in response to the way that consumers are changing. I want you to be very intentional around who you are paying attention to. Do not allow yourself to obsess over the competition if it doesn't serve you, if it doesn't help you, if it doesn't provide inspiration and motivation. The more time you allow your brain to obsess over what your competition is doing and you don't take action, you are allowing your competition to win. Anytime any one of the other business owners in this footprint is obsessing over what we're doing, I am winning always because for every minute that you are obsessing over your competition, you are not spending it focusing in on your business and you are not spending it focusing in on how you can better solve your customers' problems. Your time and your energy is so precious. And if you find yourself indulging and worrying about what your competition is doing and it's distracting you from taking action in your business, your competition is winning the game. I want you to come back, focus in on your 
business and know that the more time you can spend improving your business, the more time you can spend marketing your business, the more time you can go out and tell customers, hey, I'm here, this is the problem I solve, come, you're invited, I'm here to help solve your problem, the more successful you're going to be. I've been telling myself and I have been telling my students this a lot in the last few weeks. The more helpful you are, the more money you will make. Put your customers at the center of your business and know without a doubt your business is in business to solve your customer's problem. Do not allow yourself to get obsessed and paralyzed by what your competition is doing. If you find yourself distracted and you find yourself scrolling through everybody else's Instagram feed and obsessing over what your competition is doing, I want you to close your eyes, I want you to close your phone, and I want you to bring your concentration back to your customer. Your time is always better spent thinking about how you can improve your customer service, how you can improve your systems, your processes, your offering in line with what problems your customers have. Put your customer at the center of your business. Don't put your competition at the center of your attention. There is always, in every industry on the planet, there is always room for the best. I want you to be really clear and understand the problem that you solve for your customer and I want you to do it the best. I want you to do it the best in your country. I want you to do it the best on the planet. I want you to do it the best in this industry and I want you to take it and push it and make it the best of the best of the best. I want you to strive for worldwide recognition of being the best business who solves the problem in the best way for your customers. Your customers are going to love you and because your customers love you, they're going to choose you over your competition. So you focusing on your competition is actually taking away any effort and energy that you should be putting towards your clients and your customers. The more effort and energy you put into loving and serving your clients and your customers, the more money you're going to make. And that means you're going to beat and win over the competition. Shift your perspective and recognize you don't even need to worry about what your competition is doing. You need to think about serving your customers and your clients the best you possibly can and you're going to win. The better you can solve your customers' core problems, the more customers you're going to get. And that means your customers aren't going to be shopping at your competition, which means you win. It's a really interesting shift in perspective in terms of you're not evaluating your business in comparison to your competition. You can evaluate your business in terms of how well you're solving your customers' problems. So when it comes to looking at and observing what your competition is doing, I want you to be really aware of why. Why are you paying attention to what your competition is doing? Are you doing it from a place of curiosity and evaluation in terms of I'm going to think of this approach and think of this process and think of this situation the way that my customer would and I'm going to comparison shop the way that my customer would? Or are you indulging and getting yourself wrapped up in the drama of comparing your business to your competition and allowing your brain to decide that you're not good enough. Once again, come back to this idea of putting your customer at the center of your business. It is a very good business practice to evaluate your competition from your customer's point of view. It's a very unhealthy approach for your mindset to evaluate your competition from a self-worth comparison point of view. And it's completely not necessary. And in my opinion, 
doing it from a point of comparison, I'm not good enough, I am not worthy of this experience, I am not worthy of the success that she has, is a complete waste of time. I got asked this question earlier this week and I think it's so perfect. So, so perfect. So it's from one of the students who signed up for the Successfully Selling Wedding Packages program. And she asks, I have been advised not to price too low, which is great. (laughs) Super. Follow that advice. But she follows up that question by saying, if most of the planners in my area don't show their pricing, how do I know how much they're asking and I need to closely match my pricing to theirs? And there are so many details in this question that I want to dissect. I don't want to get too distracted. But if you are sitting there asking yourself a similar question, thinking I need to set my prices in line with what the competition is charging, I want to give you permission that you don't need to. You don't have to come from that approach. And I want to explain why. But before I do that, I want to show you how powerful the experience is of understanding what it's like to be your customer. This industry has a phenomenal reputation of making it hard for our customers. I am working on understanding exactly why there is this tendency in this industry to keep everything so sheltered, so hidden, so obfuscated, and so behind closed doors. But what it does from our customers' point of view is it makes it ridiculously hard for them to find the information that they're looking for. So one of the core principles I teach my students is, well, every other floral designer is out there keeping all the information, all the most relevant and helpful information hidden from their potential customers and clients. I want you to take the exact opposite stance. I want you to go out there and be as proactively helpful as you can possibly imagine. I want you to go out there and start talking about pricing and budgeting before your customers even ask you about it. I want you to blog about it. I want you to set up tools and resources on your website. I want you to share it on Instagram every single week. I want you to go out there and break the trends. And I want you to be one of the designers who is leading the way to be the most helpful possible because that helpfulness and that transparency, particularly around pricing, is going to win you more clients. And... This designer asking the question of, I need to understand what everybody else in my area is charging and therefore I'm going to set my prices, is a perfect example of the challenge that your customers face. Could you imagine? Beautiful young lady is sitting down on a Saturday or a Sunday afternoon. She's picked up her laptop and she's going to start doing a bit of research in terms of how much do I need to budget for wedding flowers. And what she ends up with is either some crazy blog post from Martha Stewart Weddings that says you need to have $20,000 or the extreme opposite that says, here's some cheap and cheerful DIY wedding flower solutions. (laughs) Both of those resources and pieces of content are not actually that helpful to this beautiful woman trying to plan her wedding because neither of those situations are her reality. She does not want to go through the headache of having to DIY her wedding. She does not want to go shabby chic. Nor does she necessarily want to spend 20, 30, 40, 50, $100,000 on wedding flowers. No, thank you. She is not in either one of those camps. Instead, she wants to know that she can find a trusted partner who can provide her with clear guidance and recommendations, who's going to show up on the day, who's going to have the best designs applicable to the service that she's looking for, who's going to make the most of her budget, and she needs help. These poor brides and these poor couples who are currently trying to navigate the maze and find any information that they can around budgeting for their weddings. There is nothing available to them until you decide as the business owner and the person who's going to say, okay, I'm going to lead with helpfulness. I'm going to start to be more transparent and I'm going to be really, 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 really open about how to budget for your wedding flowers, which means 
I'm going to provide an online budget calculator or I'm going to provide some guidance and a blog post about here's how much to budget for your wedding flowers. It's as simple as that. So that when your couple is looking for information, they land on your website and they go, oh my gosh, this person clearly knows what they're talking about because they are so helpful. I just want to book with them regardless of what the price tag is. This is the way it works. I can guarantee you, no matter where you are on this beautiful planet, you do not operate in a footprint that is remotely as competitive as we do. And we are not the lowest cost provider. And you do not need to be competing on price. You will not love your job in 12 or 24 months time if you find yourself assuming and acting and thinking like you need to behave as the lowest cost provider. Leave that business model to somebody else. You don't need that. One of the most amazing blessings that we have been given in this industry is that we have all been gifted an industry standard pricing model. Literally, I don't even know of another industry where you can walk into it and be like, hey, here's the industry standard pricing model. Please set your business up with these prices, regardless of where your footprint is, regardless of how much experience you have, regardless of who your clientele is. Here is the industry standard pricing model. Now build your entire business around it. Like you have just been given like the most valuable piece of information. Here's the industry standard pricing model. You want to build a flower business? Here's the pricing model you need to focus on. You want to build a sustainable, long-term, creatively fulfilling, highly profitable business? Oh, here's the formula. Now, you've been given the formula. You get to spend all of your time thinking about sales and marketing. It is a blessing. You don't need to go in there and think, I need to change the pricing model. Mm-mm. Trust me, you don't. The industry standing pricing model works because A, it's been proven over 100 of businesses, but at the same time, there is so much flexibility in the pricing model because you get to be the creative director and the head of brand for your business, which means you get to decide the ingredients that you feature in your designs and you as the designer get to evaluate and understand what your own version of abundance looks like. The industry standard pricing model works regardless of whether you're attracting a clientele who wants gerbers and sunflowers and more cost effective ingredients or if you're on the other end of the spectrum and it's all phalaenopsis orchids and imported roses. The industry standard pricing model is, right? The sky is blue, water is made out of hydrogen and oxygen, there's this thing called gravity, and if you're a floral designer, here's the industry standard pricing model. You set up your prices to the industry standard. The prices are the prices. You then get to go out and find the clients, and you then get to go out and start to educate your customers of the value of the service that you offer. You don't need to sit there and worry about changing prices. You need to sit there and worry about how you're going to market your business to attract the kinds of clients who don't even hesitate when you say, my bridal bouquet is $320. That is your job, right? The price is the price. Your job is to go out there and build your business around solving your customers' problems and attracting the customers who see value in the full service that you offer. So if we come full circle and we answer this question around, I need to know how much the people in my footprint are charging and therefore I'm going to set my prices in line with that. I'm going to give you permission to say, no, you don't. You need to sit down and figure out who are you serving? Why is your business in business? Who is your clientele? What problem are you solving for them? How can you best solve that problem? Set your menu, create your design aesthetic, and then you set your prices with that in mind. You set your prices with your vision of how you're going to best solve your client's problem. You set your prices in line with the industry standards, and then you put all of your effort in terms of marketing your business to your customers. And for anybody who has signed up for the successfully selling wedding packages program, you will have been through the training 
and you know that so much of the value that you're providing in that service is the transparency and the ease of ordering because that service and the innovation behind how those packages are sold is in direct comparison to every wedding designer out there who makes it really freaking hard for customers to find the information that they're looking for. And every customer that you are ever going to come across, regardless of the niche that you're focused in on, are going to have two questions. What does my money get me? How does this whole thing work? You focus all of your effort and energy and marketing on that and always and consistently and relentlessly and repetitively answering those questions in all ways and on every marketing platform that you're going to appear on, your customers are going to be attracted to you because you are answering the questions that they have and no other floral designers out there are answering those questions. So remember at the end of the day, your business is here to solve your customer's problem. You don't even need to know, you don't even need to have an iota of a clue about the pricing of what your competition does. It doesn't need to be relevant to your business at all. The only time where you can approach and understand maybe I should or could appreciate what your competition is charging is if you are doing a very analytical, considered, competitive review with your customer in mind. You can go through the online ordering process. You can go through mystery shopping. You can go through the wedding inquiry process to gain an understanding of what it's like to be your customer and to appreciate how you can very quickly, and I mean very quickly, separate yourself from the competition by being open about pricing, answering your customer's questions before they even ask them, and being quick to respond. I tell you what, those three things are going to set you on your path so quickly. If you can think, right? If you find yourself scrolling through Instagram, obsessing over what your competition is doing, if you want a very specific task to distract yourself and reevaluate, recalibrate in terms of stop obsessing over what the competition is doing, how can I better solve my customers' problems? Job number one, go to your website and think, how else can I better answer my customers' questions? Question number two, how can I set up templates and systems so that I can respond to my customer the fastest? Honestly, you can continue to refine those systems, your responses, your event inquiries, your bouquet daily inquiries, your subscription inquiries, your workshop inquiries, get really good at being quick to respond, set up a suite of templates, get your website to a place where it's doing the sales for you. Your customers are going to come to you because you're actually solving their problem. So many floral designers and business owners are staring at their own navel and are so obsessed over proving themselves to the world that they've completely lost track of the fact that they are here to solve their customers' problems. That is why your business is in business. At the end of the day, it's your customers that pay the bills. Shift your focus. Think about how you can better solve your customers' problems. Stop obsessing over what your competition is doing. And you're going to win the competition. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story because it also involves math, which means it's fun. If when we owned our retail flower shop, we had decided to simply follow our competition's leads, In that instance, they decide that offering free delivery is the way to success. (laughs) What's great is that they're no longer in the retail flower business business. But that's not the point. If we had decided to operate from a place of insecurity and simply decide to mimic what the competition is doing, it would mean that we were going to offer free delivery. They offer free delivery. Therefore, we should offer free delivery. We knew as business owners that that was a bad idea because we had done the math. We had done the math to know that if we were going to offer free delivery, that's 40 
$1,000 that we were not going to be charging for. A very simple solution. If your competition is offering free delivery, it does not mean you need to offer free delivery. In my personal opinion, offering free delivery is an automatic discount of the service that you provide your clients. Remember, we floral designers are service providers. It can be challenging and frustrating because nobody else knows this, nobody else talks about this, but you need to come from a space of understanding the business that you operate in is service-based. Your bouquet, your arrangement is an outcome of the service that you provide, but you offer multitude of steps to make that happen. One of those steps in many instances is delivery. So if we had decided as business owners to go, oh, okay, these people over here are offering free delivery, we should just follow in their footsteps. $40,000 a year. It's crazy. So do not assume that just because your competition is acting in one way, just because they're offering something, don't assume it's a good idea. Do the math for yourself and understand if it's in line with the business you want to be running. Trust me, it's always, always, always worth sitting down, setting up the spreadsheet or sitting down pen and calculator in hand to do some math to make it very real for yourself. Now, I am not a person who's ever going to tell you, hey, you can build a hugely successful flower business just by charging delivery. No, <laughs> it's not the way that it's going to work. But don't assume that you need to discount, that you need to be the lowest cost provider or that you need to not charge for delivery because it's a very fast path to shutting down your business. Know that you need to be charging for delivery. And if you don't want to do the math yourself, pretend that your delivery costs you $40,000 a year. And because you offer a service, your pricing model accounts for that money. $40,000 a year. The lesson from that little story is I don't want you to assume that any decision that your competition is making is a good one, no matter what it is, right? No matter if you decide or you think, oh, that's so cool that they've launched this. Is that from you as an individual and a consumer or is that from you as a business owner? Shift your focus and start obsessing, right? Obsessing over your customers. How can you show up today in a way that can better solve their problem than you did yesterday? If you're obsessing over your competition, you're letting the competition win. If you're obsessing over your customers, you're going to win the competition. Always and in all ways, there is so much room for improvement in everybody's business all the time, right? If you think about some of those famous multinational brands like even Apple and Toyota and Tesla and Starbucks, like the CEOs and the directors of those businesses sit down and think about how they can improve year upon year upon year, month upon month upon month. That is your job. Your job is to continue to show up and be a better version of your CEO self than you were yesterday. And your job is to love on your customers and your job is to make it as easy for them to buy from you. And your job is to be the best at solving the problem you solve for your clientele. That is it. It is irrelevant what your competition is doing. It is irrelevant whether there is seven retail floral shops in your footprint. It is irrelevant that there's only 45,000 people in your footprint and you think, hey, you know what? Kathleen has a point of view that says, you know what? You may not necessarily need to assume that opening a retail flower space is step number one. Maybe that's step number 10. And then maybe at some point you decide it's no longer for you. This is the most amazing thing about being in charge is that you get to decide, right? Your business needs to align with what your life mission is. 
It's as simple as that. And you as a CEO get to decide, is it still in alignment or is it not? Easy peasy. Now, for those of you who are hung up on this thought of, I need to be the lowest cost provider to have a chance to get any business. <laughs> I don't even know how to phrase it, right? I can't even speak English. But if you have that recurring thought, A, I'm going to tell you there's nothing wrong with you, right? There's nothing wrong with coming in with the assumption of saying like, oh, I guess that being the lowest cost provider is the only way to compete. And I say that there's nothing wrong with that because this is an industry that is not open and it does not share information and people are not out there saying, oh, hey, here's some basics of marketing and here's how you build a business. Because I will be the one to tell you pricing and being the low cost provider is a very intentional, strategic business decision. And people build businesses around that idea who have the power and control to influence how much they pay for materials and wholesale product. If you are a business owner who has direct control and sway and buying power over how much you pay for wholesale materials and products, then you can set your pricing model up to align with that. In most cases, when it comes to being a floral designer, you don't need to even worry about it right? You don't even need to worry about your prices because you've been gifted an industry standard pricing model, right? Somebody's just given you the blueprint. Here's how you price your product. Go forth. Your challenge and your whole business, your whole job as the CEO of your floral design business is to figure out who you're in business to serve and how you can best present and market your business to them to make it as clear to them that you can solve their problem. The more helpful you are, the more transparent you are in pricing, the more efficient your online ordering process is, the faster you can, back, can get back to people with new inquiries, the more your customers are going to love you. And they are not even going to second guess the prices that you put in front of them. Do not assume that you need to be the lowest cost provider to win the business. Instead of looking at the price like something that you could adjust, assume you cannot adjust the price. And instead, on the flip side, know your job is to demonstrate expertise, be more helpful, provide recommendations, support, guidance, be professional, be efficient, right? Play with all the aspects of being a service provider and know that the price is the price, is the price. Because I'll tell you, one of the greatest secrets of this business is because every other floral designer who's out there, who assumes that you need to compete on price, who assumes that you're supposed to have some fancy proposal system, inquiry system, or you're supposed to keep everything really hidden and tucked away until you have some face-to-face -face consultation, or I don't even know what. How hard can we make this process for our customers? Perfect, that's the process we're all gonna follow. So while every other floral designer is out there doing that, I want you to do the exact opposite. I want you to focus in on being helpful. I want you to be upfront about pricing. I want you to answer your customers' questions around budgets. I want you to be as open and honest and useful, a guide and a support for your customers. And know that every time a customer approaches you, they have two questions. One, how does this work? Two, what will my money get me? Now, if you live in Australia, sometimes you'll be blessed with customers who are so upfront with you, because this is our nature, to be, hey, I have no idea what I'm doing. Here's how much money I have, right? Blessing in disguise. But it's pretty uncommon and it's probably very much an Australian thing because we like to be efficient with our time and we like to be to the point. But if you live anywhere else on the planet or you find that you have customers who pose and put forward this front as if they know what's going on, I want you to remind yourself, I don't care what they say to you. I don't care what they say in their email. I don't care how snobby they are when they walk into your shop. They need your help and they have no idea how this whole thing works. Meet your customers where they're at. If you 
felt so overwhelmed and uncertain when you first started in this industry, you can only imagine how they feel now. Because we are not upfront as an industry, generally speaking, and we are not leading with helpfulness, and everybody else is staring at their own navel and saying, hey, look at me, I do know what I'm doing. I want you to just play the other card. I want you to show up totally differently. And I say this out of personal experience. Well, every other designer and shop owner was going, we're going to make this hard. We're going to be standoffish. We're not going to be helpful. We decided to take the exact opposite approach. If somebody came into the shop and said, I'm doing the flowers for my daughter's wedding, I'm going to tell them everything I know. If somebody came to us and said, I have $400 for my wedding, I'm going to tell her exactly how to spend it. If somebody came to us and said, hey, it's my girlfriend's 21st birthday, I want to spend $300, what should I do? There were times where we said, you don't need to spend that much, only spend $200. Spend $100 on something lovely. Literally, lead with helpfulness and remember, your customers have no idea how this whole thing works. And that is not their fault. That is our fault. This industry has set up our customers to make it really, really hard. So anytime, we're going to come full circle here, people. Anytime you find yourself obsessing over your competition, I want you to pause for half of a second and I want you to ask yourself why. If you find yourself falling into that place of insecurity, self-doubt and not good enoughness, I want you to remember you are normal and you have a human brain. That experience is totally 100% normal. But it is so much more helpful for you and your business and your bottom line and your bank account to shift your focus away from your competition and pour your heart into your customers. It is always going to be more helpful for you to spend more time thinking about your customers and less time thinking about your competition. So if you find yourself with an unhealthy obsession and basically spinning around what your competition is doing, I want to give you permission to just let it go. Just let it go. Like, like just put it on a little ship and let it sail away and go, okay, we're going to start afresh from this moment forward. I'm going to pour my heart and soul into my customers and into my clients and think about how I can better my business, how I can better my service to meet my clients needs. Put all of your energy and effort there and stop dwelling over what the competition is doing and you will find yourself winning. Always. I'm going to go on one little tangent here and I realize I am babbling on, which is fine. But to answer the question around if you feel like you're always getting inquiries or you're always getting customers who are looking for like the lowest cost solution, I want you to tell you that the answer to that problem is not change your prices. The answer to that problem is 100% about how you're marketing your business. How you present your business to the world is a direct reflection of the type of clients you're going to get. If you fill your Instagram feed with Phalaenopsis orchids and roses and luxurious products, you're going to get higher end clients who come to you. If you fill your feed with gerberas and individual stems and poppies and sunflowers, you're going to get the type of clientele who are attracted to that design. So quite literally, your website and your Instagram feed is a direct reflection of the types of customers who are going to be attracted to you now and in the future. So I want to give you full permission to understand. If you feel like you're always attracting customers looking for the lowest cost option, reevaluate how you're marketing your business to the world. Level up your Instagram game level up the stories that you're telling on your website and be very intentional with the photos that you're showing across all of your marketing materials. Very literally, your customers intuitively are going to be attracted to higher quality designs, higher priced ingredients, if that's what you show and that's what you fill your Instagram feed with which is precisely why for all of our workshops this year, we are planning photo shoots using beautiful, lovely ingredients and passing them along 
to every one of the participants in our workshops and retreats so that every single one of the beautiful women who sign up for these workshops can level up their Instagram game. That question around how do I start to attract better clients is all about curating your Instagram feed and setting up your website in alignment with the type of client you want to attract. And one of the pivot points in our business was when we leveled up our Instagram game with a very clear intention of wanting to attract a higher end client. So if you want to be part of leveling up your business, taking your Instagram feed to new heights and attracting better clients, sign up for my Sydney one day workshop, the retreats in the Southern Highlands, first week of September, or the retreat up in Byron mid November. And you're going to walk away with a full image library that you can use on your Instagram feed to level up your account and your profile. So you can start attracting the types of clients who are never going to second guess the prices that you put in front of them. This is an open invitation. If you live in Australia, please sign up to these workshops because it's very likely that this will be the only time I will be in Australia in the next 12 months doing workshops. If you are at all inclined, sign up. I do not want you to miss out. Sydney workshops, 1st, 2nd of August, their one day workshop, sign up for the day that suits you. Southern Highlands, the 1st to the 4th of September. Byron Bay, 17th to the 20th of November. Space is limited. They are all going to sell out. So if you are inclined, please sign up and know that you, as part of your investment in those workshops, will be putting that investment directly into your business and have access to a full image library that you can then incorporate onto your website and onto your own Instagram feed. And friends, I hope that this episode has been helpful. Go back, listen to it again, take some notes and have a beautiful day eat your vegetables drink more water get some sleep take care of yourself and i'll talk to you again next week bye for now